0: Welcome to another episode of the Luxury Weekly. 10 minutes, 10 news. Here is everything you need to know about what happened in the luxury industry this week. Consulting firm Bain and the Altagama Foundation released their highly anticipated state of luxury report this week. Here are the key takeaways. The personal luxury goods market is expected to contract by around 25% in 2020 versus last year most luxury executives don't expect revenues to return to pre-pandemic levels before the second half of 2022. However, there is one clear winner in this gloomy picture. China. It is the only region expected to register a positive performance in 2020 with an astounding plus 45% increase year on year. In contrast, the Americas region is estimated to contract by 27% and Europe by 36%. China is on track to become the number one market by 2025. So what is driving the road to recovery? The main three factors are digitalization, China and the Gen Z shoppers. Regarding digitalization, luxury online shopping has already doubled since 2019 and the technological acceleration over the past 12 months is equivalent to what analysts predicted would take five years to accomplish. Bain predicts that e-commerce will become the biggest channel for luxury spending by 2025. The second trend is localization, especially driven by Chinese consumers who are no longer traveling and are rather spending lavishly in their home country this repatriation trend is expected to last. Bain calls it a general rebalancing of the luxury market, which will impact distribution networks and ecosystems. The third trend is the generational shift with younger generations expected to drive the growth of the next five years, especially Gen Z. It is imperative for brands to adapt to the expectations of this audience, not only in terms of product offers and distribution channels, but also on brand values and posture about social and environmental issues. Finally, with Thanksgiving around the corner, Bain predicts that worldwide Q4 sales will be down by 12%. And if we look at 2021, the luxury market is expected to grow by 10 to 20%. This week, Gucci held the highly anticipated Gucci Fest, which was a week-long movie festival and basically their new version of a fashion show. For context, Gucci's star designer Alessandro Michele announced last May, in the middle of the pandemic, that Gucci would stop doing five shows per year and instead only hold two annual events, combining women and men's with seasonless collections. Regarding the format, Gucci said at the time that they would do whatever they wanted, Michele collaborated with legendary director Gus Van Sant to create a seven-day-long film festival broadcasted on Gucci's YouTube channel. Short films were dropped every day, which created a continuous excitement and media coverage. Actors wore Gucci's collections, but not only that. The festival was the opportunity to feature 15 up-and-coming designers from around the world who displayed their collections in short movies which they directed themselves. The COVID crisis forced every designer and brand executive to rethink the fashion show cycle and formats. The Paris September Fashion Week saw a decrease in attendance, but shows were live-streamed and garnered more than 135 million views on YouTube. With a seven-day-long festival format, Gucci takes control of three dimensions, location, time, and duration, The day one movie has already been viewed more than 1.5 million times on YouTube. Farfetch launched their handbag resale service to the US. It is called Second Life and it allows users to trade in their handbags for Farfetch credits to be used on the platform for future purchases. Second Life was started as a pilot in May 2019 before being rolled out in the UK and other European markets. Farfetch will gradually launch the service throughout the world and they will extend to more categories than handbags. Why does it matter? Farfetch is achieving two strategic objectives. First of all, by adding this new vertical, they expect to grab market shares in the fast-growing pre-owned market, which is expected to more than double by 2025 to reach $64 billion. The second strategic objective is around circular economy In fact, Second Life is part of an overall sustainability initiative called Positively Farfetch, which includes various impact programs, such as listing conscious products on the platform, offering climate conscious delivery services, or launching a donation program in partnership with Thrift Plus. In beauty, shares of Coty, increased by 17% following a series of positive announcements. It started with Chairman Peter Harf investing $150 million of his personal fortune into the stock. The group then announced that it was focusing on growth, improving margins and deleveraging its balance sheet through a few strategic moves. First of all, it will sell its Vela salon business to KKR for $2.5 billion dollars, which will help pay down its debts then it is focusing on its cosmetics business especially through the kardashians franchise where it owns 20 percent stakes in kim's beauty business and a majority stake in kylie cosmetics sales recovery from the pandemic accelerated faster than expected especially in the online channels which boosted confidence in the new management team finally Coty posted a profit last quarter for the first time in one year. With things looking brighter at Coty, the stock was upgraded from neutral to buy. Simon Properties is partnering with the product return company Narvar to run a pilot at some of its shopping centers. This pilot will allow shoppers to return products from some brands at Simon Properties concierge desks. The process will be really easy done through QR codes and, at a minimum, friction for the customers. With the increase in online shopping, returns this holiday season are expected to reach an astounding $280 billion level, putting a lot of stress on logistics and management. We see more and more partnerships around the return logistics, such as Amazon partnering with Coles, where clients can drop their Amazon returns at hundreds of Coles department stores. Macy's also released their quarterly earnings report this week. They posted a 20% decline in comp sales this quarter versus last year. They are bracing for a difficult holiday season and expect a decline also in the mid-20% range, as well as higher logistics expenses due to online shopping. To counterbalance the effects of the COVID crisis, Macy's also reshuffled their merchandising adding new brands and products in overperforming categories such as loungewear and home while reducing inventory in the slower categories such as formal apparel L Brands, the owner of Victoria's Secrets and Bath & Body Works, released their third quarter results. Overall, the performance improved across its brands with a net income of $330 million as opposed to a loss in the previous quarter. Revenue improved by 14% versus the same quarter last year. Comp sales increased by 28%. Bath & Body Works was the number one growth driver, but Victoria Secrets also saw an improvement with plus 4% versus last year. A few interesting initiatives in the watch industry this week. Hublot announced the launch of an e-warranty. It works as follows. The watch is photographed at the manufacturer to establish its digital passport. When sold, the e-warranty is activated at the point of sales and then sent to the client through WhatsApp, email, SMS, WeChat, etc. The warranty is stored in the Aura blockchain. This is a trend to follow and we can expect more adoption of these digital authentication technologies. Breitling and Vacheron Constantin, for example, have already partnered with the French company Ariane to produce digital passports for their watches, which are then stored in the blockchain. In tech, an important announcement was made this week with a massive reboot of Google Pay app for Android and iOS. The app is basically unifying multiple money management services and compete with a dozen companies such as PayPal, Venmo, Mint, or Intuit. Besides paying at stores or paying your friends, the app allows to scan barcodes, which will automatically look for deals on that particular item on Google Shopping. Google will also go into banking by partnering with a few banks to allow users to manage their accounts from Google Pay. While this is not directly linked to luxury, the move to a unified app is reminiscent of WeChat. It's a long way until there would be a WeChat equivalent outside of China but I'm very curious to keep an eye on the evolution of Google Pay. Still in tech, Instagram changed their homepage layout by adding a shopping button, as well as a Reels button at the bottom of the screen. This move indicates the push towards commerce, which has clearly become a strategic objective for Facebook and Insta. When it comes to Reels, it's a clear move to compete with TikTok. This new Instagram layout has been received with mixed reviews as it makes it more difficult to accomplish certain tasks for creators while making shopping and reels much more prominent. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Please leave me some reviews on Apple Podcasts and see you next week.